Hello and welcome back to An Almost Typical Brown Girl. I'm your host, An Almost Typical Brown Girl, M. Shah. And this last week, oh my gosh, guys, last week was my like last week of final lifting of high school. So I'm like pretty free now. Um, overall, I still have a lot of work to do. Like this last week, we have one event on um, Wednesday for school. And then I have to start preparing for university, which is super special super stressful i still have a lot to do for university i have to figure out my schedule i have to so they sent us like this online orientation thing i just never got around to doing it because i had so much chem work um so i actually got a i kind of started it but i never finished it so i got to finish it i got to catch up on we have a group chat with like all the people in my program at my university um and i i don't know what they're talking about right now they're they, they are speaking of stuff but i'm not sure what it is they're talking about so i got to figure that out as well um, that, that, that's just everything being let out in, like, 20 seconds. Um, but, yeah. Uh, hold on. Um. Okay. So, basically, let's... So, I had my final, like, chem assessment last week, Friday, like, on Friday. And then, I literally, right after that, I started watching... What did I watch? I think I was watching... I don't know what I was watching. It took me a while. And then after that, at night, I started watching West Side Story. What was I watching before what that? I was probably watching some Salmon Cap. Anyways, I started watching uh, West Side Story. And then I... Uh, it took me all weekend to finish it. Because I've just been so busy all weekend. But Friday night... Um, yeah, honestly, I was, like, so free. I had nothing to do. <laughs> like, I had a bunch of work to do. But it felt. I felt so felt so bored because there wasn't much to do and then I went on a picnic um don't worry we were all like we're all vaccinated and all that I feel so everything's good but we, I met up with some friends this weekend we went to this one park called uh Craigleth it's near Blue Mountain I did not take a single picture I don't take many pictures anymore I, it used to be that I would take many pictures I'm not sure why I stopped I guess it's mostly because I have no more space left on my phone but you know um, yeah, so I don't take any pictures, but I know, um, a lot of people did. There was actually this one, as the sun was setting, it was, like, the perfect time to take pictures, but I just didn't. I don't, I don't know. I feel like I have enough selfies on my phone. I have many, many selfies. I take the most ridiculous ones as well. Um, for example, one day, I think it was, like, a couple months ago now, uh, when we got our cap and gowns, they told us that we need to take our own yearbook pics. So when I got my cap and gown and like got, got all fancy and all that, I like took so it was it was really hilarious. Like from really weird angles, it was a lot of fun though. Um. Uh. So I didn't take any pictures there, but it was I had a I had a blast. Um. The water there though was freezing cold. I remember I was there and I was shivering. Like, um, everyone's putting their feet in the water. And I was like, yo, why aren't you? And I was like, yo, super cold. But it was actually really nice. The water was super cold, but other than that, everything was pretty nice. I don't know how, like, the guys are actually going pretty far in, so it was a little deeper. I was like, yo, why? Why why would you do that to yourself? It was, it was, but it was really refreshing. Um, we we played badminton. I realized that I am terrible at it. I thought I was pretty okay previously, but I'm just terrible. I would always miss the birdie. You know, like when you think you've hit the birdie, 
but then you look back and the birdie's still going behind you. That's ha- that was happening a lot. So that was that wasn't ideal. Um, we played a lot of cards. I brought my cards, so we played cards. Um, um, I'm trying to remember anything else we did. Um. Yeah, a lot of fun. We played Mafia. Mafia is a really fun game. We played Mafia. Uh, it's always a blast when we play with them because it's just so hilarious. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I can remember for some reason. Uh, anyways, anyways, and then yesterday Sunday, we did a bunch of cleaning, and then I finished West Side Story yesterday. Uh, honestly, so the last time I watched West Side Story, I was in the eighth grade. Oh, before West Side Story, I remember. I was watching In the Heights before West Side Story. I remember what In the Heights is black. I'll talk about that later. But yeah, I last time I watched West Side Story, I was in the eighth grade. So I thought, like, in the eighth grade, I didn't really like... I had to watch for music class. That's why. So I didn't really like musicals. I wasn't really into them then. Um, I mean, now I, I am very much into them. So I thought I would, like... Maybe I, I, I wouldn't. I would, uh, you know, I would like it a little more. I... I didn't like it too much, West Side Story. It's a good, I feel like it's just too much like Romeo and Juliet, which I mean, it does say in the synopsis or whatever of the movie um, that it's like a Romeo and Juliet style thing. But yeah, the only song I remembered, and I the only song I remember from last night uh, was the one that's like, I want to be in America. Okay, by me in America. Everything free in America. No, that one was a heroine in the eighth grade as well. I feel like it was, there were only like four or five tracks on the soundtrack or whatever. So, I don't know. Uh, and then I started watching Newsies, but then it was super late last night. So, I woke up this morning and then I started watching Newsies again. <laughs> I just restarted it. I had to stop, obviously. Like, I'm not done yet. But the last time I watched the Newsies was, or last time I watched Newsies, it's not the Newsies, it's just Newsies, was in sixth grade. So it's been a while. Um, anyways, I will hold out on uh, any judgment, but so far I really like it. Um, I won't, you know, give like a proper judgment until like next next episode where by then I'll be done it. Um, I'm just trying to remember before we move on, like, strictly into the entertainment segment this week's episode is going to be so short i'm sorry guys um because i don't really have much to say like it was school and i watched an absurd amount of hamilton last week i don't know if i mentioned this before but for some reason the only thing that can get me to focus on my schoolwork is watching hamilton so strange i don't know what i'm going to do in university and i don't even get bored of it that's the scary part so you know my favorite part as of right now is the part in Adam's administration where it's like, how does the protean, how does the short-tempered protean creator of the Coast Guard founder of the New York Post startlingly abuse his cabinet post, destroy his reputation? Welcome, folks, to the Adam's administration. That's my favorite part. Because I, I, whenever that part goes, uh, like comes up, I, I, I start screaming, like, "Welcome, folks, to the Adams administration." Um, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, it's currently like the middle of the day, like it's twelve thirty right now. I still, have, I still haven't gotten my clothes for grad. By the way, in case anyone was wondering, we went to H and M on uh Tuesday. Things started opening up. By the way, where I live, so we went to H and M last Tuesday. 
But then, like, it was so stressful because we were on a time limit then. Um, so I didn't really get the chance to get anything. I looked around and there was just... I like really liked this one shirt, but I couldn't find nice pants to go with it. So we'll be going back this week at some point to try and figure it out. You know, finalize it. Um, oh, so, okay, this is fun. Last week on when, Friday, it was our very last, like, all-grades ESC event of the year. Okay? So it was, it's, we have this one event called Royals Day, which traditionally, like, uh, in, in, when we were in person... You know, before the pandemic started, it was like a day where we had like five to ten minute classes in the morning and then we had inflatables come in and we had like uh, cotton candy machines and we had a dance and it was just everyone could just do whatever they want on school property. So it was like a super fun day. Um, however, now that it's online, we just had a bunch of games, no rooms open and everyone seemed to really enjoy it. I had a lot of fun for sure. But like at the end when I was giving like the closing remarks, like thanks everyone for coming in, follow us on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, I hope you had a great time. I was literally, when I said bye, I was about to start crying. It was super. And then afterwards, like, um, some people from ESC, we were like just chatting and I was like telling, oh, telling, uh, them like how I was about to cry. And everyone's like, oh my God, no, save that for next week's meeting. Oh my God. I'm almost done high school. This is just, it's, I find this concept so strange because I mean, obviously I don't, I don't remember. I know uh, I was about to say like, I remember when I first started high school. I do not remember my first day of school, but I remember when I was in eighth grade stressing about high school. I have this one friend who's like, um, who I went on the picnic with, who's the same age as me. And I remember we were, um, like she was, she, we're both going to university next year. Um, and I remember like talking to her in grade eight about like high school electives and what electives we'd be taking in ninth grade, our two electives, and I remember just being so stressed and excited about going to high school, and now I'm done high school, and I'll be going to university, and we were talking about, like, our university electives. It's just so crazy, like, anyways, for, so, the program I'm going to is kind of whack, where we have to take, so, traditionally, there is a semester system in university as well, However, the courses that, so you have to take five courses, a uh, thing that's considered a full for- course load from what I understood. I still haven't done that orientation thing, by the way. That's where I will find the answers to that. Um, so, apparently. Oh, I have to put my chem CPT in this episode. I completely forgot. Don't worry. It'll be in there. Anyways, as I was saying. So, there are two chem classes. One is about structures, which I'm assuming is more like the organic kind of side of things, which, I mean, I don't mind. I kind of really got the hang of organic last week when I was studying for my organic test, but um, I don't think I'd do too well in that. And then the other part is chem reactions, which I feel like I'll do well in, because when we did chem reactions this year, because um, that, I don't know, this year chem reactions had a lot to do with math, which I appreciate. I really appreciate the mathematical side of things. So anyways, chem structures and chem reactions. So there are two chem courses, and you have to take one of them first semester one of them second i'm like okay whatever two chem courses turns out there are also two bio courses and uh and i think even two calculus courses and then psychology those are the required courses now i that just even thinking about that makes me exhausted like how am i gonna do 
chem, bio, and math. I've been pretty fortunate throughout high school where I've only had maybe two sciences at once. I think. I think my <laughs> my hardest high school semester was second semester ninth grade because I had science, math, and English all in the same semester. Oh, actually, probably my highest, hardest high school thing would be this year first quad. I had math, like, uh, advanced functions and physics. That was whack. Anyways, I'm not sure how I'm going to do all this. And then I'll, I'm also, I think I also have to take a physics course, which I don't mind. I, I, I actually do like physics quite a bit, but, you know, I just wish there were more calc courses. I appreciate calculus. So we were looking at electives, my mother and I, the other day, and I was looking at, like, literature courses because I just want a course where I can just read and talk. Because, I mean, that's the kind of stuff I'm, I, I I like to do. I like to read and talk. And then I was like, hold on, what if I took a philosophy course? Because I was actually thinking about that. Because I took philosophy, if you guys remember, last quad. Um, and I really enjoyed it. So I was like, what if I take a philosophy course? But all the philosophy courses seem pretty hard. <laughs> so I kind of, I, I was like, mm, we'll see. And then we found out, my mom found out there were languages courses. So she's like, check if there's Urdu. So I checked and at the campus I'm going to, there isn't Urdu, but there's Hindi and there's Tamil. And my mom was like, my mom got it. She was like, are you sure there's none at your campus? I was like, no, but there's one at the one that's near my house. She's like, oh, interesting. But uh, I think I was talking about this last week as well. There was intro to Urdu and then there was like intermediate Urdu. And the thing is like, speaking wise, I'm pretty sure I would fall under intermediate Urdu, but I do not know how to spell words in Urdu at all. Like, for example, there's this one word in Urdu, Zen. Uh, hold on. Zen, yeah. It means brain. Apparently, there's like a ha in there, which gives like the ha sound. So apparently, I've just been pronouncing that word wrong my entire life. I had to ask my mom how to spell it. And she's like, oh, yeah. Zeha. How does she say? Hold on. I, I have it on my phone. Anyways, she said ha. And I was like, excuse me. Ha? What? <laughs> so um, that just really like, I was like, bro. I can read Urdu, but it takes me a long time to read it. And then there's some words that I just can't pronounce because I, I just don't understand what it says. Um, let's see. And where did I put it? In this one, I think. It's in my notes. Uh, yeah. Zeha Noon. Or Zanzal. I also don't know the names of the letters. I think now's a good time. I just know the sounds they make. Um, in order was pretty simple, where, like, the sound it makes is basically just the name of the letter. Like, for example, ha makes a sound, and nun makes a n sound, so. Anyways. Um, right, so that's basically everything school, really. I have to catch up on university stuff. Bro, I'm really stressed, man. They moved our graduation. Originally, it was supposed to be 28th, 29th, but they moved the online ceremony to the Friday. And then they have an in-person thing on Monday, which is pretty exciting. Can't wait. I have to write notes for all my teachers. I'm gonna write like thank you notes to all the teachers that I that I, you know, that I feel like would remember me. So I have a list right here. One, two, three, four, five, six, eight. It's eight teachers, two science teachers, my principal, vice principal, two ESC teachers, one math teacher, and the janitor, because the janitor is actually really nice at our school. I really liked her. Everyone likes her. There is not a person in my school who doesn't like her janitor. <laughs> and, like, people celebrate her birthday. Like, we, our school really loves our janitor, man. Oh, my bad. Uh, anyway, so, um, before I start talking about all the musicals I've been watching this week, uh, I want to, okay, I want to talk about something that just really made me really cheesed. 
Um, so basically, uh, as we all know, the entire situation happening in Palestine and Israel. Um, so there has been like this news thing going around where Israel is giving like Palestine, I don't remember how many doses it was of the vaccine. It was quite a few. Um, uh, um, or it doesn't say enough. Anyway, uh, the number. Oh, 90,000 doses, I believe. So apparently the Israeli government, uh, which is, were like, okay, these vaccines are almost expired. We don't know what to do with them, so we'll give them to Palestine. And Palestine was expecting uh, around the same number of vaccines, and so they would just give them to Israel once they received them. So I was like, okay, almost expiring vaccines is bad enough, right? Like, it's like, oh, we're giving you our leftovers. But at least they're giving Palestine some vaccines. Turns out that the vaccines that they were providing to Palestine were already expired, and now they're trying to back out. And it, I don't feel, I don't know if I, like, why I have to explain why this is terrible enough. Um... Okay, right, so this is the headline. Uh, this is off BBC. COVID. Palestinians cancel vaccine swap deal with Israel. Um, elderly Palestinians are amongst among those being vaccinated in the occupied West Bank. The authority said the Pfizer jabs were too close to their expiry date. Earlier, oh, hold on, I forgot one line. The Palestinian Authority has cancelled a deal under which Israel was to give at least one million COVID vaccines. One million. Um, the authority said the Pfizer jabs were too close to their expiry date. Earlier, Israel said it didn't need an aging stock of vaccines and they were uh, to be used to speed up the Palestinian vaccination program. In return, uh, the Palestinians were to give Israel a similar number of vaccines they are expecting from the Pfizer organization later in the year. Palestinian Authority Health Minister Mai Al-Qaila uh, said uh, they have been told the jabs would expire in July or August, but when they arrived, the marked date was June. That's not enough time to use them, so we rejected them, she said. Um, Israel has not commented on the alleged date. Palestinian Authority spokesman Ibrahim Melhem said the initial delivery of about 90,000 doses failed to conform to the specific contained the specifications contained in the agreement and the, accordingly Prime Minister Mohammed Shtay instructed the Minister of Health to cancel the agreement. The government refuses to receive vaccines that are about to expire, he says, in the statement carried by uh, the official Wafa news agency. Mr. Melhem added that they would instead wait for the consignment of vaccines the authority had ordered directly from Pfizer. Uh, vaccines have expiration dates, so they are not used after their strength diminishes. However, um, the World Health Organization has advised countries not to throw away any expired COVID-19 vaccines yet, as more research is being done into whether they could be viable for longer. In a tweet earlier on Friday, Israel's new health minister, Nitzan Horowitz, said that the coronavirus knows no borders and does not differentiate between people. He said that the important exchange of vaccines was in the interests of both sides, and he hoped for cooperation between Israel and its Palestinian neighbors in other areas. Israeli, Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett's office said that 
it said Israel has signed an agreement with Palestinian Authority and will supply approximately 1 million doses of Pfizer vaccine that are about to expire without specifying the use by date. Um, Israel will remove, re- receive the same amount of doses of Pfizer in September, October 2021 on behalf of what is destined for the Palestinian Authority, the Israeli statement read. About 55% of eligible Israelis have been given both doses as part of a mass vaccination campaign. Country reached a special deal with Pfizer BioNTech, which has provided vital medical data and in return for a quick rollout of the vaccine. Some 30% of eligible um, Palestinians in the occupied West Bank and Gaza have received at least one vaccine dose, according to Palestinian officials. Palestinians have already received uh, vaccine doses from Israel as well as from Russia, China, and the UAE, and Global COVAX Vaccine Sharing Initiative. UN experts have been critical of uh, Israel's failure to fully extend its vaccination program to Palestinians under its control. The Israel said that Palestinians were responsible for managing health ma- health matters in the territories. And that's it. I'll put the link to the article in the description. Honestly, bro, I'm sorry. This just exhausts me. First of all, you're going to take you're going to run these people out of their homes. And then when you have extra vaccine doses, you're going to give them like your leftovers, essentially what you can't use. And then when they ask you for like viable doses, like it's just terrible. And then when people are asking why you aren't helping out, they're in charge of their own state. If they're in charge of their own state, give them, you know, give them the chance. (sighs) This kind of stuff just irritates me to no end. It's like, hey, you know, you're in charge of yourself. But however, what if we took over, like, all your land? It's just, it's just nuts. I have nothing else to say in terms of that. Um... Yeah, I was just looking at my uh, my calendar. So I have senior sunset on Wednesday. I'm planning to get bubble tea the day after or on Wednesday, not sure when. And then I have grad on Friday and then grad on Monday. Like my in-person grad on Monday. Anyways, uh, now to on to um, musicals, you know, the important stuff. Um. So basically, on Friday, so all of last year go watch Hamilton. You guys have heard me react to the Hamilton soundtrack, you know. Um, anyways, uh, so then on Friday, I listened to In the Heights. Now, before In the Heights, I listened to this one clip. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I'm a huge Modern Family, Modern Family fan. Um, so, uh, Gloria's sister, um, I don't remember her name. Hello. Me. We have a cherry tree in our backyard and... Oh, okay. Anyways. So, this, there's this one clip that I listened to. 
Now I'm trying to find it. Oh. So off Mara family. Gloria's sister. Uh, what's her name? Mm. I have a lot of strange stuff on here. Alright, hold on, maybe I can find it. Oh, maybe we should search in the heights. In the heights. Oh, they don't have reels apparently. Um, I really like the salon ladies. They were my favorite. Uh, they were my favorite characters. Hold on. Where is it? I remember I saw this specific clip on the official, on their official Instagram page. The story, okay, while well, I'm looking for it, the story is really great. The end, what I was not expecting at all. So, if you haven't listened to it, I suggest clicking off right now because, like, spoilers, obviously. Um, there was this one, so at the beginning, it's, like, Anthony Ramos, I forgot, Osnavi, yeah, he's talking to, like, a bunch of children, and I was like, okay, he's talking a lot about how he wants to go, uh, I think he wants to go back to the Dominican Republic. I can't remember if it's Puerto Rico or Dominican Republic, because I also watched that side story, like, recently. Pretty sure it's the Dominican Republic. Anyways, he wants to go back to the Dominican Republic. Um, and he wants to open up, like, his father's bar again over there. Uh, the, and, uh, so he, 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 he doesn't, um, at the end. And so, I mean, he was at a beach in the beginning, so I was like, yo, I think he's in the Dominican Republic, because he's talking about this, and there's, like, a little bar, yo, I think that's where he is, and he's trying to these, like, kids on the beach. And so, at the end, turns out he's not, he's just at his little corner convenience store, and I was just so shocked. No... And yeah, that's all I, it was, it was good. I, I was like, when the grandma died, I knew she was going to die. I was like, oh wait, she's about to die, isn't she? And then my computer started buffering. Um, but then she died. So, you know. Um, I, I, my favorite part, I like the, that one, um, that one like song or whatever in, um, in the salon. The salon bit. That was my favorite. Okay. 
Oh yeah, you know what's really whack? Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote the entire musical in his sophomore year of college. Like, um... Bro? Please? It's incredibly well written, though. Oh. Where's that one part? I really enjoyed it though. Super like fun, colorful, better than I thought it would be. I'm sorry, I'm getting super distracted because I want to find that one clip. It's the part where Gloria's sister, what's her name? Uh, Stephanie Beatriz. Oh. Her? Her one bit in that song where they're all like having the fiesta in the alley and the salon ladies like bro I'm leaving and you guys aren't even celebrating me how dare you um and then so she's like yo just sing whatever comes to your head and then she starts talking about like her entire um her entire like family history hard to find it I'm still trying to find that clip. I can't find it. I will say this though. Um, please, somebody made a Roblox thing for In the Heights. Please. Anyways, um, I will say this. I... I, there was quite a bit of Spanish, and I don't understand, like, a word of Spanish. Like, I know no, absolutely none. So, there were some bits where I was like, what's happening here? But, you know what? It was pretty well explained. The I, I was actually watching it with captions, but the captions just said, speaking in Spanish. So, it wasn't very helpful in that sense. Now my phone's freezing up. Alright, but I definitely suggest watching in the Heights. Not terrible. It wasn't like my very favoriteest thing, but it wasn't terrible. It was actually quite good. Um, and then what else? I'm watching. I already spoke about um, West Side Story. Not as good as I. I mean, I didn't. I was gonna say not as good as I remembered. It wasn't really good. Well, my memory of it. But even like rewatching, I think I understood the story as well. I don't know why I was. I thought this, but I thought it took place over like a couple months. But um, West Side Story only takes place over two nights. <laughs> two nights and that's it it was wild and um it was super choreographed like i remember watching it and thinking yeah they choreographed every bit of this when i was watching hamilton it felt a little more natural like okay yeah obviously the company's bits are are, are choreographed but it didn't feel like all of the um main cast's bits were 
choreographed it just felt natural so i remember thinking that about even when i was watching in the heights like yeah some of the background background dancers with them felt um choreographed but like all the main characters bits like it felt natural so i don't know it was just west side story i guess and then i started watching newsies uh well for realsies this morning it was really good i'm really enjoying it it's really funny i said just watching it um i think that's it for this week's episode so uh welcome to my chemistry pt for this part but uh that that that's I'm just gonna like attach the audio file and that's it. Which is on my USB, which I should grab. Um, but other than that, yeah, thank you so much for listening this week. I'll see you all next week. Have a great week. And yeah, bye everyone. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to an almost typical brown girl. I'm your host, an almost typical brown girl, Robert Milliken. Just kidding. I'm your host, an almost typical brown girl, M. Shah. Today, I come to you all live with my chemistry CPT, which is about chemistry and stuff. It's more specifically about like subatomic particles, which are like electrons, protons, neutrons, all, all that fun stuff. So, you might think that the existence of a subatomic particle is common sense. For those of you who have had like who've learned about all this, you might think like, oh yeah, that just that's just common sense. Everyone knows about it, and that like Einstein of all people would be like the final person to like somebody would like ask Einstein do subatomic particles exist and Einstein would be like yeah and everyone would be like okay Einstein said so or like that like JL JL Thompson who did the cathode ray experiment you think that he's the one who proved that they exist you would be like okay well he did the actual experiment and he has this proof like they gotta exist but you know people just didn't believe him but then in 1909 our homie our bro robert milliken he came up with this irrefutable evidence to prove the existence of subatomic particles he was like yo guys i did an experiment and i am here to tell you all that i have found these subatomic particles and they exist and you know what the people said to that they were like yo robert milliken homie my bro i trust you so you know and you might be like, okay, well, what was his ex- like? What was his experiment that proved subatomic particles exist more than cathode ray experiment? Which is, the fact that subatomic particles were proved was just kind of like a side note to his experiment. His experiment, to make a short story long, his experiment was the oil drop or oil can experiment. So I'm just gonna tell you all about that today. Uh, so basically, one day at the University of Chicago, where Robert Milliken performed the experiment, Robert Milliken grabbed his homie Harvey Fletcher, and he's like, "Yo, today we are going to quantify the charge of." an electron and Harvey Fletcher just went along with it he was like okay whatever that's poggers let's do this so the way that this experiment worked was that Robert Milliken set up this this device and you should be able to see kind of like a diagram that I drew right now on the screen uh, of the device so basically how this device looked uh there were two pair there are two parallel charge plates and those are kind of like those gray lines you should be able to see right now so the one on top is positively charged so it should say positively charged or something like that on there and then the bottom plate is negatively charged and it should say negatively charged underneath it and so what this did it created like an electromagnetic field so there are a couple like stick type things on the side so that orange stick type thing is a nozzle so it's called the oil drop experiment so you would like think like okay this has something to do with oil and it does so in order to put the oil into the device uh they needed a nozzle and so that little orange stick represents the nozzle that through which milliken would spray in oil drops the, those pink sticks those are 
uh, microscope lenses because obviously you got to be able to see what's happening in there. So the, the theory behind this experiment is this. Um, Milliken would spray these oil droplets into this device. And uh, while he sprays it, it becomes kind of charged via friction. So now the uh, oil droplet has a negative charge because it picked up some electrons via friction when it was leaving the nozzle. And so the idea was Milliken wanted to basically make the oil drop levitate, which is totally possible because the positive plate kind of attracts it from the top and the negative plate kind of repels the negatively charged oil drop from the bottom, right? So his, his plan was to balance the forces on this oil droplet. Uh, so the force of gravity, which is acting upon it, that's obviously mass times gravitational acceleration, uh, should equal the force, the like el the force of the electric field that's kind of pulling it up towards that positively charged plate. Now Millikan understood that like the different oil droplets would have picked up different a different number of electrons. So he came up with this equation, and you can kind of see where he got it from on the screen right now. He came up with the equation mg equals qe, where m equals mass, like m is your mass, g is acceleration due to gravity, 9.9.8 meters per second squared. Uh, e, like that capital E, is the number of electrons that an oil droplet would have picked up, and Q would be the theoretical charge on a single electron, which makes sense if you think about it, because uh, depending on the number of electrons that are in that oil droplet, that's how, how strong that force of attraction to the positively charged plate would be. And, and, you know, like, it makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. I promise it does. Uh, uh, so, um, anyway, so Milliken, he's, like, looking at these oil droplets through the thing, and he's trying to make them levitate, and he, like, writes down the masses, and he balances the forces, and he does all this math again and again and again and again. And what Robert Milliken noticed was that each and every number that he was getting just happened to be, like, a multiple of 1.5924 times 10 to the negative 19. And so he came to the conclusion that if every number is a multiple of this number, then it, it just follows to reason that our Q value, the charge on a single electron, is most likely 1.5924 times 10 to the power of negative 19. Because as I said earlier, the formula he came up with was mg equals qe, where mg is the force of gravity, so so it was the mass times 9.8 meters per second squared equals uh, Q capital E, where the capital E represents the number of extra electrons that the oil droplet picked up. So say, for example, the oil droplet picked up uh, three extra electrons. The number he would have gotten for force of gravity, and as we know, the force of electricity would have been equal to that number. Um, that number that he would have gotten is would be uh, 4.7772 times 10 to the negative 19. Or say, for example, eight extra elect electrons were like tacked onto this thing. 1.27392 times 10 to the negative 18 is what he would have gotten. Um, so his final value for like the charge of a single like it stands to reason that if like all your numbers are end up as multiples of this one number and q is a constant then chances are your constant q 
would be this number. So he comes up with the final value for the charge of a single electron to be 1.5924 times 10 to the negative 19 coulombs. Uh, and the craziest thing is that our current accepted value, like the most accurate one that we have to date basically, uh, for a charge on a single electron is 1.6021764877 times 10 to the negative 19 coulombs, which is less than 1% off of Robert Milliken's values. Basically, um, his, I don't want to say margin of error, but like his margin of error was like, I believe it's 0.6%. Uh, like he was really, really close, but like he was really, really close. So now you're probably like, okay, but what do I do with this information? Like, okay, whatever. He figured out the charge on an electron, big deal. Like, why is it important? You know, like, I even, I, I just have to, like, Google it and I can figure out the charge of an electron. Like, what modern day applications does this have? Well, think about all the chemistry that you have suffered through. I mean, you have enjoyed so far because of electrons and protons and neutrons and the charges and all that. Like, basically, for me, since grade nine, I have been like, okay, the charge of an electron is like ne a negative charge, a negative one like charge, and the charge of a proton is a positive one charge, but like the actual charge of the electron in coulombs is um, negative 1.5924 times 10 to the negative 19 coulombs, and it's similar for the proton, it's just a positive version of that. Why is it important? Think about electricity. Think about mag magnetism. Basically, the entire concept of electricity and magnetism are based on um, are based on the charge of an electron. Like, for example, coulombs. That's an electric kind of. That's an electricity term. And even besides that, like I was saying earlier, like the fact that this experiment proved that an electron. The this experiment basically proved that yes, an electron as a subatomic particle exists, and yes, it has a charge. Because previously, J. L. Thomson's cathode ray tube proved that a proton exists and a proton has a charge. This proved the same for the electron. So basically, now there's like enough kind of. There's enough of a basis that people can, like, it became widely believed. And we can basically credit, like, Robert Millikan for, like, um... So basically, most of modern chemistry is kind of, like, based on the idea of some subatomic particles. Like, think about atomic bonding and organic chemistry and, like, just basically anything that has to do with reactions. Because at the root, you're talking about bonds and stuff. Robert Millikan basically, like, he gave additional proof that subatomics exist. Because, like, with the cathode ray tube experiment by J.L. Thomson, he proved that protons exist and they have a charge. So what, um, I was about to say Faraday, my bad. Um, Robert Millikan, what he proved was that elect they have a negative charge and he quantified that charge so it's like completely crazy and then going back to like the electromagnetism kind of aspect of it um okay so electric fields are kind of like based on the charge of an electron like it's literally so basically the space around an electron where like its forces are being exerted like where the forces kind of are applied so say for example i put a positive charge in a certain space around an electron that space where the positive charge is attracted to that negative charge that's considered an electron's negative um, electric field so uh electrons movements basically induces like it creates electricity that's how electricity works it's the movement of electrons and so when you like use that electricity and you like contort it in such a way it, it creates so basically when uh electrons spin on their own axes and they're like in motion the electrical current causes each electron to act like a small magnet and based on that you can create magnetic fields and based on magnetic fields like think about all the stuff that are like powered using like either electromagnetic magnetic uh physics or electricity in general or magnetic fields and all that stuff take michael faraday 
so he used like the charged electrons he was able to invent invent electric motors and he like did a bunch of, he was a physicist he studied a bunch of like electromagnetic stuff and like induced magnetic fields and all that fun stuff so he invented the electric motor and using like the idea of a charged electron and electricity and magnetic fields he was able to do that and he um so that's kind of what he did think about all the stuff that is kind of like powered off motors think about your fans your cars your airplanes think about all the stuff that's kind of like powered using electromagnetic fields phones computers compasses magnets light switches that's for electricity like a lot of our modern technology and a lot of our modern life uh especially like i don't know personally for me because i'm like always on my phone or my computer doing schoolwork or just chilling or whatever it kind of does depend on this kind of stuff and the fact that robert milliken was able to quantify the charge of an electron really made a lot like i'm sure these concepts might have been around but the true understanding of these concepts didn't like truly occur until robert milliken was able to quantify the charge of an electron because then we were able to have a deeper understanding and progress our technology forward so that is all for me in terms of my chemistry CPT. I will see you all either in the next segment of the podcast or in class if you're my teacher. I hope you guys liked my CPT. I did a lot of work on it. Thank you all. <laughs>